This is what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about 2020. And here's the title. Are you tired yet? Has it worn you down yet? How many of you would just raise your hand and say, yes, you're? Yes, I am wore down. I am wore down. And some of us would never raise our hand just because it's just not, you know, we're not the raise your hand kind of person. But you know that 2020 has just been the most unpredictable year ever, 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 ever. I went to the mall yesterday and that was a mistake. It's always a mistake to go to the mall in my world, but during COVID, it's an ultra mistake. I mean, to get into a store in the mall, you uh, first of all, you can't get into the mall without a mask, and then there's like six feet apart in every single store. They only let eight people in the store, and like you stand out there for like 20 minutes trying to get into a store and then you get in the store and then they don't have what you were looking for and you stood out there for nothing and then you go stand in line again. It is a, for a man, it's nightmare. For a woman, it might be heaven, I don't know. But for a man, it is a nightmare. I had to stand in line like 17 times to find out that what I was looking for was not in there. It was a complete mess. But that's the least of our problems in 2020. It's the least of our problems. Um, I saw this, um, this graphic the other day, 2020, very bad. I would not recommend. <laughs> you get one star. I'm breathing, so I'm going to give you a good star. I'm going to give you one star. Uh, here's a, another one I, I saw recently. Hang on, 2020 is only half over. Oh, great. <laughs> That's, a, that's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? It's only half over. Uh, Starbucks is trying to play a little psychological game with us. Um, so they have this latte that comes out in the fall called a pumpkin spice latte. Anyone here? You love it? You like it? You love it? You want some more of it? All right. So people who go to Starbucks know that 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 coffee or that latte comes out towards the end of the year. And so I did a little, I read an article that Starbucks is actually bringing it out earlier than they normally do to give us the impression that this year is almost over. Watch, put this up there. <laughs> so they're, gonna, they're trying to say, hey guys, hang in there, hang in there. It's almost over. It's almost over. But we've all lived too much life. Um, you can't fool us. We know that just because it's December 31st, it's not like all of a sudden there's going to be some pixie dust and it's going to make our whole world better. Um, it's a tough year. And... Um, we haven't even gotten to November yet. That's when the election happens. And that's when you want to go underground for about six months. Um, we haven't even gotten there yet. Uh, it's a tough year. It's a tough year. Everyone say, yes, it is a tough year. It's a tough year. Just think, in December 31st, 19, uh, 19, 1999, sorry, we were all like, yeah! 2020! We had no idea we were going into a buzzsaw. We had no clue. No clue. Um, tired, exhausted, worn out. I want to dive into John chapter 4. 
And my notes for the sermon are inside of the app. If you haven't downloaded the Celebration Church app, go to your app store, type in Celebration Church, TW, and our app will come up. But I want to talk about this moment in John chapter 4 where Jesus was walking and he was tired. The Son of God, he was tired. He was exhausted. And he comes walking up and, and he meets this woman at this well because he was tired. He was exhausted. He wanted something to drink. And he meets this woman. She's tired. She's exhausted. So now you got these two people meeting. They're both tired. They're both exhausted. The only difference between their exhaustion is Jesus was one drink of water away from being just fine. He was just tired. He's been walking all day. Uh, those of you that have been over in that uh, Jerusalem, Galilee area, uh, Samaria area, I have. It's desert, man. It's desert. And so he came walking up uh, in this region called Samaria. He comes walking up and he's thirsty. A woman comes up to the well and he looks at her and he says, hey, will you give me something to drink? Now, we have a, a conflict here because she's tired and exhausted. He's tired and exhausted. He's one drink of water away from being just fine. Her exhaustion is so deep that a glass of water cannot soothe it. Her exhaustion is so real that it has worn her out life has wore her out so much that just taking a nap and getting a good night's rest is not going to remedy her exhaustion. She had been married five times. The man she was living with was not her husband. And she's the one carrying buckets to the well. Whoever, whatever guy she was living with is obviously treating her in a unique way because he didn't get his lazy tail off the couch to go down there with the buckets of water. He sent either his girlfriend, his wife, it wasn't his wife because Jesus said the guy you're living with is not your wife. She's in a bad, it's, it's 2020 on steroids for her. And she's not in the mood Jesus looks at her and says, give me a glass of water. She's not in the mood. Moms, have you ever been not in the mood? Not right now. I came home recently and Kate, my, uh, I said, how was class today? She's sick. She goes, I think it was good. My teacher said she just wanted one second of silence. <laughs> she goes, I don't know what that means. So we gave her one second. It's like you just want one moment. Just give me one moment. Every time I turn around, something else is happening. Just give me a moment. If you were a time traveler and you landed in 2020, you'd be like, get me out of here. You just want something to go well. You just want the company to go well, the raise to go well, a better job. You know, you're sick. if you've ever struggled with depression, you just want to just not be depressed and hate your life. You're not asking for a lot. You just don't want to hate your life. The worst thing about depression is not having options. It's the worst thing. 
It's like, there's no options. What can I do to make you happy? That's what depression feels like for those of you that have never had it before. I'm not happy and I can't think of anything that would make me happy. That's a horrible place to be. I've been there a thousand times. That's why I can talk about it so freely and cleanly and, and accurately. And when you're in that situation, a glass of water is not going to fix it. When you're in that situation, you can't just get a good night's rest. You can't go on a vacation and just get away for a while and get out of Dodge. That's not going to cut it. It's deeper than that. It hurts more than that. And you can't explain it. And you really don't want to talk about it. And if somebody has the audacity to walk up to you and say, give me a glass of water. She says back, and you have to put yourself in her situation. She says back, you don't even have a bucket. And he goes, well, if you knew the water that I have, you would never thirst again. And she goes, well, then give me some of that water. You got to put yourself in her situation. So she's, it's 100% sarcasm. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. She goes, give me some of the water. She, and so Jesus realizes we've got a, a, a problem here. It's the unstoppable bullet hitting the unbreakable wall. Conflict. Conflict. Which one is going to give? So she's sarcastic, defensive, and rightfully so. This Jew, this dude, this guy in her world, this bum, is asking me for a water. That's all Jesus was to her. Unless you have a relationship and you've experienced his presence, you, you personally have experienced his presence, Jesus is just a guy. I'm glad it works for you. It doesn't work for me. That's where she was. And so all of a sudden, Jesus decides, clearly, plan A is not working. Plan A you were going to give me some water. I was going to take some water. I was going to tell you about what the water that I have to offer. And this isn't working. So he changes gears and says, Why don't you go get your husband? She looks at, I don't have one. Now it's getting heated. And then he goes, you're right, you don't have one. You've had five, and the one you're with right now is not even your husband. You're right. Somebody in this section right here went, mm-mm. <laughs> you don't come up to me and talk about my husband or husbands. Let me tell you, we going to talk about people? Let's talk about you. Right? Ladies, how would you like that? I know, I've seen y'all walking around in H-E-B. You're not in the mood. This, is a, this face right here says, don't talk to me. Everybody don't talk to me. Everybody don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Hey, let's talk about your ex-husband. Yeah. <laughs> that ought to go good. 
Let's talk about all five of them. He goes to the next level because Jesus is like this. I see the facade. I see the mask and it has nothing to do with COVID. I see what you're doing. I'm going to come all the way in and we are going to talk about what's really going on. And he forces the conversation. He takes her to a place of humility. And we have to always remember this. Either we humble ourselves or he will do it for us. Either we come to him and we say, you're my only option. I need you. Or he will allow everything in your whole life to fall apart so that you will say, I need you. So you either volunteer or you watch it happen. And I'll say this. I know it's a process to come before the Lord humbly. I know it is. But if you talk to people that have walked with the Lord, it is much easier to wait on God than it is to go on without him. Are you with me? Say yes. Come on. Are you with me? Say yes. It is hard to wait on God. It is frustrating to wait on God. It will test your faith, but it is easier to wait on God than it is to move on without him. He is worth the wait because he is able to orchestrate things in your life that you cannot. And so he says, go get your husband. Humility begins to kick in. And she starts asking him questions and she starts talking to him. And she's curious now. She says, so clearly you're a prophet. She goes, you know there's a Messiah supposed to come. She doesn't know that he's the Messiah. She starts talking to him about worship and church. You know, she says this, the Samaritans believe we're supposed to worship over there, but you Jews believe we're supposed to worship over there. There's a a Messiah coming, and and they're talking about worship. She's not in yet. She's not fully committed. She's not like Jesus. She's not. She just recognizes that he's a prophet. Otherwise, he wouldn't have known about the husband's. So they're talking about worship, and Jesus says back to her, he says, you know, there's coming a day where it doesn't matter where you worship, because the Father is looking for people who will worship in spirit and in truth. And so they're sitting there talking about worship, and they're talking about where to worship, and then all of a sudden he says something. And it changes her whole life. To you and me, it just sounds like just a couple words. But there was something in those words that caused a revelation. Because all of a sudden he looks at her and he goes, oh, I'm the Messiah. And when he said that, For whatever reason, she believed him. The defenses came down. The sarcasm came down. The unbelief came down. The defensiveness came down. And she believed him. 
See, there's moments where you will come to God with walls up because you've been hurt. You're just trying to protect yourself. You're a logical type of person. You don't use your feelings. So walking with God is a little bit harder for you than other people because you're a, you think more than you feel. But I believe that there's certain moments in this service where you'll feel just a little chill past your face. And I just want to let you know that in Job chapter 4, verse 15, it says, I felt the presence of God graze past my face and the hair on my body stood up on end. You'll feel that. And that'll feel, be the Lord just saying, hey, I'm here. So she talks to him. That moment took place. And then all of a sudden, all of her tiredness and her exhaustion and all of her pain and all of her worries, all of a sudden, it didn't go away. It didn't go away. It just became really, really small. Because all of a sudden, she began to see in her divine assignment that she's in the presence of God. And in a moment, she realized who he was. And in a moment, she realized who she was to him. And then in that same moment, she saw her assignment to share the good news. She goes running back to the city and starts telling everybody about what she's experienced. Those moments just out of nowhere happen all the time for people. And, and it, they never really look the same. Jesus was walking on the road to uh, on Emmaus and there was two disciples next to him and they talked to him for a long time. They had no idea that he was Jesus. They had no idea that he was the son of God. And then all of a sudden Jesus said one thing and they went, and their hearts began to burn. I just want to let you know that God still has those moments with people. He still has those moments. Some of you have had those moments where that one moment and everything changed. Everything changed. But what's wonderful is those moments just don't happen once. They're like waves of an ocean. They can just keep coming and keep coming. And you experience more and you experience more and you experience more. And, the, and sometimes what is supposed to happen is that you are walking with him so closely that he begins to show his plans to you so that you can flesh them out around you. Charles Finney wrote about his moment, his experience. I want to read it to you. Um, he said this, I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I can recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept out loud with joy 
and love, and I do not know, but I should say I literally bellowed out in the unutterable gushings of my heart. These waves came over me and over me and over me, one after the other, until I recollect I cried out, I shall die if these waves continue to pass over me. I said, Lord, I cannot bear it anymore. Yet I had no fear of death. The living God is not sitting on a throne watching the world spin. The living God is among us and walking among us and wants to flow through us. And I I want to provoke your hunger today because 2020 is so unpredictable. Nobody nobody knows what in the world is going on and what's going to happen next. But we have got to, we have got to come before him humbly and say, I don't have another play. I don't have another card. I don't have another option. If you don't come through for me, if you don't get real for me, then I don't know what I'm going to do. And this is my prayer. This is my heart for my personal life. I wake up and I quote the scriptures to God because they echo my heart better than I can echo my own heart. In Psalm 63, verse 1, it says, Oh, God, my God. I love how he starts that verse. Oh, God, my God. Early will I seek you, for my soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in this dry and thirsty land. In Psalms 5, 3, it says, Every morning I wake up, I'm going to be back at it again, laying the pieces of my life on this altar, waiting for your fire to fall. I don't have another option. I don't. If you don't get real to me, if you don't raise my faith, if you don't show me something special, if you don't pull me close, I don't know what I'm going to do. Am I talking to anybody out there? See, the idea is not to put you on life support until you get to heaven. That's not the idea. The idea that God has for you is that you're in it, but not of it. You're surrounded with chaos, but there's no chaos in you. You're like a boat on the ocean. The waves are around you, but it doesn't come in you. You, you, just, you just cut right through it because you have a vision, you have a plan, you have an assignment that's far greater than everything else around you. That's in, in his assignment is that his love and his power, that's the part that I think we miss a lot of times, his power to see miracles, to see healing, to see it. That is part of the plan. Embarrassingly enough, our church is 15 years old and for the first 13 years, we did not prioritize the manifestation of his power. We prioritized his love, his forgiveness and his mercy, his assistance, his grace. 
but is the manifestation this that to see it was not a priority until two years ago and now every time we put our faith out there every time we put our faith out there people get healed they, they don't everybody doesn't get healed not yet I'm still believing for that Sunday. But every time people get healed, some people have to come back seven or eight times and then they get healed. Some people get healed online. I love those emails. But every Sunday people get healed. And as often as we can, we give testimonies to build your faith. So it's not just me talking. It's their experience. Like Sabrina Flint. So come on up here, Sabrina, and share, share your experience of, of what happened to you. Um, make her feel welcome, will you? Um, just listening to Pastor Frankie talk about 2020 it made me wanted to share part of my story. Um, March 22nd, I was almost 37 weeks pregnant, and I lost my son. That morning... Um, I felt a calmness over me. I can't explain it. All I can think back and feel that God was was with me and embracing me for losing my son to him um, sooner than I was ready, but that he wanted him. So it's been tough. It's been tough to go through the heartache and the pain without having church service open, um, without being able to have a funeral or a memorial, without being close to to the church family um, in person. We felt the love through our friends, through the church family, reaching out to us and and being there for us in the ways that they could. So when church started opening back, um, it was tough um, for us, but um, a couple weeks ago on August 2nd, I came into church and Pastor Frankie called up um, anybody who had pain in their left wrist, and I came forward. um, And then a couple minutes later, he said, if anybody has pain in the top of their right knee and I thought well it's selfish for me to have two um, requests for healings Um, so I stayed quietly and I didn't say anything to him another woman came up and and he healed her and then when he got to me I I confessed to him that I was holding inside that um, I also had a severe pain in the top of my right knee Um, he he prayed over my knee and um, my top of my thigh didn't move my calf didn't move but electricity vaulted through my knee and he asked me are you moving your leg and I told him no and I wasn't it was it was so overwhelming to feel that instant healing in my knee Um, I wept I could not stop crying I walked outside and one of my good friends she's a prayer partner and and I shared with her the healing and she said go back inside it's called um, being drunken by the Holy Spirit and just be with the Lord and and until you're ready to come out and back into reality. Um, So I did. I sat in the back of the pew and um, I cried and and prayed and um, until I was ready to to be back in the real world, (laughs) I I stepped back out again. But um, I just encourage you, if if you feel like he's speaking to you, to come up and and ask for the healing, whether it be from Pastor Frankie or a prayer partner, um, because it, it really is worth it. It's precious. It's so good. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank you. Thank you. You know, there's there's so many things in what she said that's so rich. Um, 
Sometimes she mentioned how you know if I say something and it, it could be for you. I want to say this: the Holy Spirit will speak to people in service on a Sunday morning, and they'll come up to me afterwards and say, that was a great sermon. My favorite part was when you said blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I never, ever, ever said that. I, I study my sermon for hours. Trust me. I know for a fact that I never said that. And they are convinced that I did. And I, I don't get into an argument. I just go, man, that's fantastic. Because I know exactly what happened. They, God started speaking to that person's heart and tuned me out. I was like Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. They weren't even listening listening to me, not even, they're looking at me, not even listening to me, but God was speaking to their heart about something in their personal life. And they came up to me, man, that was a great moment when you talked about it. I was like, that was just all you and God. I was, I was in the room with you, but that was pretty much it. And I want to let you guys know that because yes, there are certain times where I feel like, Hey, I think God's talking to me about somebody in particular. And, uh, and he is, I think that he's doing that right now for this service, but stay open because God does not need me. He doesn't need me. His relationship with you, he needs me to do my assignment. I know that. But his relationship with you does not hinge on me. He'll talk straight to you right now, all day long. And I want to encourage you to trust it. Sometimes his thought will come so fast you'll think, that's not God, that was me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. The only way you know if it's you is, is test it. Ask another believer, hey, I think, God, I think God talked to me. What do you think? See if it's in the scripture. See if there's a manifestation of it. And I'm going to model that right now. I'm going to model it for you. I'm going I'm to model it as a pastor right now. You can see just taking a risk. I really believe that God spoke to me about three places on a body that he wants to heal. And if I'm wrong, then I have to stand up here and go, sorry, I'm wrong. But if I'm right, there's about to be a miracle right here at the altar. It's the equivalent of, of him saying, hey, Jennifer, is today's Jennifer's day. If I describe the healing that you need, he's pretty much calling your name. Now, if I describe it and you don't put your hand up, the worst thing in the world is missing an opportunity. But if you put your hand up, today's your day. So let's see. Let's see. Three things. One, right wrist right here on the top, right wrist. There's some pain in your right wrist. I believe it's on more up here than down here and more up here than anywhere else. Second thing, right ankle more on the inside than the whole ankle. The whole ankle may be in pain, but more on the inside. And then the right side, your jaw, on the bottom, it might be your tooth, it might be your jaw, I don't know. Is that anyone in this room? Raise your hand. What is it? It's your right jaw? Okay, come on down here, I'm gonna pray for you. Today is your day. 
today's your day. Is there anyone else, right jaw, it could be more than one person with right jaw, you? What is it? Come here, both of you guys, come here. Everybody stand up on your feet. Um, Whose hand is up? What is it? Your right jaw? All right, come down here. It's bottom, right? Someone else. Did I miss the right wrist and the ankle? Did I miss that? No one right wrist. No no one right ankle. Then come down here. Let me pray for you. I really felt like it is is the majority of the pain on the inside? No, it's the outside. I'll pray for you anyway, but that's not what was in my mind. I want to pray for you anyway. Why are you down here? Oh, okay, great, great. You're right, jaw. Okay. Okay. Anyone else? Not on the top of the right wrist anywhere. Yeah, if it's not hurting right now, but then that's great. But what is it? Right there. Okay. Man, that's been bugging me all day. The pain comes and goes? It comes and goes. Okay. All right. So there's that one. No one, the inside of the right ankle. I'm not going to be one of those guys that say, oh, okay, let's change it to outside. Like, no, is it, no one the right inside of the right ankle. Okay. I want to be transparent with you because I want to use this as a teaching moment. Okay. A teaching moment. Because I believe that the gifts are supposed to flow through everyone. Everyone. First service, I said right wrist, right jaw, particularly on the bottom, and right ankle. Not one person raised their hand. Not one. Now, there's possibilities that maybe they were online. Maybe they didn't want to raise their hand. Or maybe I just straight up missed it. So which of those three possibilities, I'm just pastoring here for a second. Of those three possibilities, which one do you think I think is most possible? That I missed it, right? So I walk in there, I'm like, well, I missed it. Oh, well, 0 for 3. Oh, well. Then I start thinking, I wonder if I did miss it. Maybe those people were not in that first service. Let me try it again. Here's my point. You will never hit a ball if you don't swing. And you will never regret taking a chance. You will regret not taking a chance. You will regret. How many of you have reg- I should have said something. I should have said so. I should have. How many of you have ever thought that? Right? You will not regret taking a chance. Now, two people raised their hand over here. Were you just saying, good on you, Frankie? Or were you saying, I'm one of those people? Rachel, why'd you raise your hand? You're just kind of amening me? Are you Rachel? Oh, you're not Rachel. Sorry. (laughs) Were you just telling me, go on with my bad self? Rhonda. I couldn't see. I couldn't see. All right. You were just pumped. I'll take that anytime. Anytime anyone goes, go on, go on, go on, bald head. Go on, go on, go on. I'll take that. All right, I'm personally going to pray for you guys. Okay? So come stand in the middle. Prayer partners, come on down. This morning, 
I gave three words of knowledge on the first service and nobody came down. But a healing took place right here from a prayer partner. So I walked back there to get some coffee and I was like, man, I wanted to see a healing. And then all of a sudden, someone comes in the back and is like, man, I just prayed for someone and they got healed. I was like, well, great. You don't know who God's going to use. And most of the time, he doesn't use me. He's got other options around here. Are you with me? If you need a healing, if you need to give yourself, your heart to God, whatever it is, Psalms 56, 9, every time you pray, the tide of the battle turns. Why don't you come out of your seat? Come take the hand of a prayer partner. Let them pray with you. Sing this song one time through before anyone leaves. And then go get your kids because I went over time and there's going to be a line of cars on Research Forest. I love you all. Be blessed in the name of the Lord.